0: When Dan is talking and there's a car going past, it's then really obvious when I cut the background noise out when Dan stops speaking. I've
1: drawn the curtains, so that might
0: <laughs> It's a bit like Hot Fuzz. Not Hot Fuzz. Wrong one. Shaun of the Dead. There were some strange men here earlier. What have you done? Oh, are they still there? Oh no, we've closed the curtains. I didn't, I did
1: proper notes again. Full page notation.
0: <laughs> Can you not, read them this time?
1: Yeah, not as much as the last one.
0: to this week's episode of Remedial Nerding, the podcast where three nerds force each other to watch something that they really should have already seen. Your friendly neighbourhood nerds this week are Nathan, Dan, and me, Paul. Remember, there's no such thing as a bad nerd.
2: Do you want to just go straight ahead and mash play on this? Yeah, why not?
0: Let's get it rolling. On War Stories, episode 10 of the Firefly, episode 11 of the podcast...
2: Yeah, it's occurred to me that we never actually say what this is anymore, and by this I mean the podcast.
0: I would assume that if people have got this far through, they would they would know. Yeah,
2: well, if for some reason you've
0: thought, this looks like an interesting
2: podcast, I think I'll start on episode 10. Just in case you're that person, we're watching Firefly again, because Paul hasn't seen it.
0: So we're waffling at the moment, because it's all the, uh, the little intro at the minute, and then there's a big previously in Firefly. There's a lot of pre-roll in this, isn't there? Mm. Yeah, there is, but that, that's because it's a continuation of what we discussed last week. The, there is a lot of setup. Were their actions coming back for them to deal with the consequences, and that is what this episode is all about.
1: Yeah, the summary for this episode could be episode ten: War Stories. The previous nine episodes start to catch up with our band of heroes.
0: Kind of
2: everyone gets a, a plot point in this. I don't think anyone's really left out. Certainly, no one's just not
0: appearing in the episode. Mm. No, they all—they are all in it. In quite a major way, with quite a bit of progression for each of them.
1: There was again lots of seed sown for future story arcs, specifically against Shepherd Book.
0: Yeah, Shepherd's quite a different character in this than he has been. Oh, there was also quite a bit sown in this for the film as well. Yeah,
1: this opening scene with Shepherd Book and Simon, I think, really uh, speaks of how Simon's character has changed since the la- even as much from the last episode. Whereas before he's, all the way along, he's been this naive person, in a way. After getting to into the hospital, seeing what they did, and then facing down the desk sergeant, or whatever you want to call him, that had arrested him, he's kind of had this shift in himself where he's a much harder person now.
2: Yeah, that is noticeable. I think he's always had moments of that, last episode in particular, but um, in whatever episode it was where they were delivering all the cattle and he had to uh, kind of face down Mao. He expressed, you know, quite a lot of anger then. Maybe it wasn't quite so coolly put as he would do it now.
0: Well, he's certainly taken the edge
2: off his naivety.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: The other feature of this little pre-roll sequence is they introduce this character of Shan Yu, who as far as I can tell is entirely
0: fictional. He's a future space Sun Tzu.
2: Yeah, I mean, the name does turn up in Chinese history, but it's not anyone that you would say have you read the works of
0: it's like a generic Roman name or something, except it's Chinese. So now we've jumped to, uh, to Niska and having his, his man whip a man for him. Just so you know he's really bad. I mean, we saw him be pretty bad before.
1: Why has the narcissistic bad guy got to be German? Now, this guy obviously loves himself, severely loves himself, and is the big bad of the episode. But why has he got to be German? He's the only German in, in space future.
2: I, we've had this conversation before, I'm sure. Possibly Paul edited it out for reasons of sanity. But I think he's Russian.
0: No, I think that stayed in. I think he's Eastern European or Russian. We had almost this exact same conversation <laughs> in the <laughs> train job.
2: <laughs> Whatever he is, he's the only one of them. He's a smurfette, if you will. <laughs> it does seem like Niska doesn't have much time in his schedule for
0: anything except torturing people.
1: Yeah, you definitely see that he likes to get his hands dirty in this episode.
0: Well, at least he didn't just leave his man doing the whipping. He did then, you know, stuck the blade in himself. Mm. Just to show how much he cares.
1: Definitely, uh, wants, He definitely wants to meet the real people, doesn't he?
2: Actually, this is something I've been noticing in this view-through that I hadn't noticed before, is that it's quite common for characters to turn up and have some very particular and distinctive philosophy that they carry out to extremes. I mean, Niski here is an obvious example of it, that he's got this weird... Possibly just an excuse to torture people. This idea that people are only themselves when they're extremely distressed, I guess. Which seems like a stupid fucking idea, but he's very committed to it. Although also yeah. the uh, dimension that um, reputation is the, his number one asset.
0: Just a massive change of tack from the beginning of the credits to the end of the credits. Man gets stabbed to Kaylee and Summer chasing each other around like... Kids. But like children, yeah.
1: Like, like older and younger siblings. It is a very family bit, this bit.
0: Well, there's quite a few of the episodes where they start off like that, as a way of framing Mao telling the crew what's going on in this week's crime.
1: Mao is definitely the playful father figure in this scene. <laughs> One of you's going to fall and die, and I'm not cleaning it up.
2: Yeah, I talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, the Bechdel test, and I haven't actually watched this closely enough to really pay attention to that rule formally. That, for anyone who doesn't remember, do two women talk to each other about something other than a dude. I'm pretty sure it passes a couple of times, but the point of that has always been, do you see the relationships between women? And there's several examples where it works out, it's showcased well in this episode.
0: But I don't think they'd still pass the Bechdel test. They might not, because it's such a big ensemble and there are men in every room of this ship. Well, I was thinking more specifically, I mean, we haven't got to there in the episode yet, but Inara's client is very much a a woman-on-woman woman conversation, but the topic of conversation is them in relation to men.
2: Yeah, but uh,
0: Kaylee and River have a relationship
2: status at the start of the episode and a different one at the end for reasons yeah. that will come to. Yeah,
1: I'd 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 like that scene and how it ended up. It was very siblingish, and then Kaylee's throwaway line of you "No know, power in the verse can stop me" as she takes back her apple. That, that was a nice little moment. But having seen it, it's a bit foreshadowing.
0: <laughs> it is, but that's because it's to do with the uh, with River.
3: Mm.
1: I also liked um, when Anara was talking to Mal obviously about her client coming aboard and he just wants to meet her and debit that it was brought up that Jane bought this crate of apples. And my yeah. first thought was, is that guilt? I mean, we've known from yes, the previous... that's definitely yeah. 100% guilt. Now, previous mm-hmm. episodes that fresh f- produce is quite difficult to come by in large amounts to keep on ship. So it obviously wasn't a cheap thing.
2: Yeah, it also is strongly suggested, which would make sense, that no one else knows why he's guilty or suspects that. Yes. Because they even go so far as to say, this is quite out of
0: character for Jeff.
1: Yeah, that's it. Wash and Zoe specifically mentioned that it was quite out of character.
0: So I really like the shot of the Serenity landing in the desert. That was some really good CGI.
1: Oh, did the, the twin ripples in the dust.
0: Yeah, because so this is one of the most important character interactions. There's sort of the three-way between Wash, Zoe and Mal throughout yeah, the episode.
1: Yeah, I think we've kind of touched on it before, haven't we? How Zoe is very happy to play second fiddle to Mal and very complacent with what he likes and what he wants yeah, to do. Yeah, Zoe
0: doesn't really seem to have her own opinions. She just kind of does what you know, what Mal says. Yeah, I mean, this was brought up, and in fact, Wash objected
2: to it in the pilot episode.
0: Only as a throwaway line,
2: but still, it mm. was there.
0: It's one
1: of those where May, it could just be that Zoe... Thinks so much like Mal because they have had they have a very similar mindset that the way he sees things she sees things. That Could be. I do think
2: times. Wash is probably onto something when he says that um, or speculates that sometimes Zoe avoids conflict by rather oh. than contradicting him, saying the captain thinks it's a bad idea. I think he was probably onto something with that.
0: Yeah, rather than saying, I think this is a bad idea. Hmm. <laughs> I'm a large semi-muscular man, I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that as well.
2: It's a curious episode because it's uh, it's Wash's character episode more than he has, it, has yeah. had before. And that's partly because he's always been the jokesman. So he's normally not in a dramatic moment because that would undermine his ability to be funny.
1: I, I think they strike quite a, a good balance in this one for him being very serious but also having those funny moments
2: Yeah, it is sometimes a bit jarring I thought but it's a difficult balance to strike but you can't have him not be serious because otherwise he'll never develop as a character and you can't have him yeah. not be funny because otherwise he's not Wash anymore
1: But I mean, the argument that they had I mean, Wash was totally justified in his, in, in his anger, wasn't he? You know, it's obviously been building in him for a long time
2: Yeah, there's a couple of almost unconnected because they'd already made
0: it? mention in this, the previous scene where Zoe was talking about people hiding grenades in apples. Mm. Yeah, the the titular war story.
1: Yeah. I mean, that f- conversation does form a big part of Wash's underlying issue with her and Mao, in that they have all these war stories and they're obviously extremely close. And all these war stories are full of bonding and daring do and heroics and... Suppose the sort of thing that if you're reading it in a novel, it would be very James Bond heroic thing followed by sex. <laughs> nah. That's a good point. It's
2: also something that Wash probably can't really project into because he is not the kind of person that would ever be in a trench.
1: Yeah, I think that's as it comes up in one of their conversations later, and he goes, "I've been in a fire." Well, <laughs> uh, no, I'll you, I've been in a firefight. No, well, a fire. Well. I was fired from a fry cook opportunity. <laughs> but he does have this issue that with them. And that is what this episode is built around. And it is Wash's defining moments in this episode that stem from wanting to have that with his wife that he just doesn't have.
0: And being jealous of Mel and Zoe having that bond.
1: Yeah. So the argument was quite, for such a small scene, it did pack in quite a lot of setup for this entire episode.
2: I think everyone who's been in a long-term relationship will also sympathise with Zoe. I think because I think we've all been in an argument where you know there's just no way you're going to even come up to zero.
0: Kobe Ashimaru. Yeah,
2: you've you've started exactly. You've started out in a bad spot, and the only question is how much worse it's going to get before you
0: can leave. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, dig up, stupid.
1: (laughs) But let me move from from that to a cut of Simon walking into his and River's room and she's been having side effects from the medications that he's now got her on. And she's thrown up everywhere, and she's having shakes. And And then it gets really quite dark for a moment, and then there's a nice bit of levity towards the end in a very familial moment between the two of them.
2: Well, this whole episode... I say this whole episode, we're like 11 minutes in at most. Um, The whole episode's been quite a weird cocktail in that way, because... Similar thing. You had people telling a story at the uh, dinner table, saying, "Oh, isn't it weird that Jane's actually given uh, bought fruit for everyone?" Oh, oh he's so tight apple That blew someone's head off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I've got a story here that's about starving people com- um, destroying themselves. That
1: was. I like the fact that like Kaylee noticed that Zoe and Mal always cut their apples, and Wash kind of did the. You do. Mm. It's, it's one of them little quirks that he hadn't noticed. Which circles us back around to them being close.
0: To one of the bits that are, that amused me with the uh, the conversation between Simon and River when she's about um, what she was doing earlier. You know, I walked on my feet and heard with my ears. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's the normal way around to do that. You know, you don't really want to go walking with your ears and hearing with your feet. <laughs> Unless you're a cricket, up, maybe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
2: hey, this time we're watching the series through. I've actually been really invested in River's just mental health journey. Um, And this episode really shows it a lot because she, again, this weird cocktail has the whiplash from being in a really good place in the first 10 minutes to kind of crashing down.
1: No, no, it seems to be the first time that we have River um, aware of her own mental state.
2: Yeah, and, and that's one of the, I don't know, I don't want to speak for everyone who has problems with mental health, but it can be one of the big scary things about it is that you become aware of how fragile your own state of mind is. And in as in this case, that it's kind of dependent on your biochemistry in a way that you don't like to think of your consciousness as being.
0: And then she ends the conversation by telling Simon that where she threw up, <laughs> yeah, all over his bed. <laughs> That's, yep. it, he That's her my that, he,
1: She's questioning who she is anymore, and he tells her that she's his beautiful sister. And then she says, "Well, I threw up on your bed." And he sort of rolls his eyes whilst they're having his hug and goes, yep, definitely my sister. And it's, it's very relatable for anyone that's got younger siblings to have that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> to point out, me, Dan, and Nathan are, in fact, all eldest siblings. <laughs> Quick jump to the uh, the cargo hold as everyone's waiting for Inara's new uh, clients to turn up. Jane casually eating his, uh, his apple off his flick knife can't work out who's more surprised when it turns out that Inara's client is female Mal's confused, everyone's just a bit shocked (laughs) Jane's not even looking in that direction
2: This came up briefly before in uh, Our Mrs Reynolds when Inara says, oh yeah, Saffron tried to seduce me too and Mal kind of goes, oh and then gets derailed for a couple of seconds before returning to the main (laughs) plotline
0: Jane, I'll be in my bunk Yeah, that's it, Jane's
1: look kind of wavers from anything and he's just like, I'll be in my bunk <laughs> What is
2: that? I'm Bye. kind of, so more than last time I saw this, this time I always thought everyone's being kind of a dick here because you're not meant to She specifically <laughs> said, we want privacy please do not peek at us through the window curtains as opposed to any other kind of curtains <laughs> The window curtains <laughs> Don't peek from behind the lace curtains Don't be nosy neighbours but they all did, even Shepard, who went, isn't
0: this wrong to spy on people? And then still jumped straight off his feet when Kayla said, ooh, here he is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, here's a she. So now Wash has gone to uh, say to Mal, hang on a minute, why are you taking my wife into danger? Yeah, I, I
1: think that he was looking for the whole two guys on a road trip, let's talk this out. Uh, I've got a beef with you kind of moment.
2: I'm not sure if he was, because when the offer comes along, he says, you know what, I don't really want to talk about it.
1: Maybe he didn't want to
0: adapt. that particular Yeah, thing. I'm not sure this plan was very well thought out, to be honest. <laughs> no. I think it was more a case of he didn't want Zoe and Mal spending any more time together without him, mm. rather than using it as an opportunity to, talk, to confront Mal about it.
1: I like the fact that he just essentially sabotaged the shuttle <laughs> so that he'd be the only one that could fly it. But Mal was not happy. <laughs> that much was clear.
2: There is a lot of uh, Chinese in this which does not appear to just be proverbs.
0: Or <laughs> well, the bit before when uh, Mal and Zoe were on the bridge there was quite a long yeah. string of syllables. But, yeah, that wasn't just, oh gosh.
1: <laughs> this whole Anara scene with the, the counsellor I can understand that it circles back on itself for later on, right at the end of the episode. It in favour, but... Was this just inserted to relieve some of the dark tension?
2: I think it probably was, because it's quite a grim episode, and this whole sex- Inara storyline isn't really connected. I mean, yet yeah, as you say, it does link up at the end, but if they'd been pushed for time, they could have cut it all out without materially changing the flow of events.
1: Yeah. As it's, it's a little window into Inara's character,
2: yeah, it's good material, but it's not necessary. And I think it is, as you say, it's probably in there to give you something—a breathing space for a bit. Yeah, a, in between a, one big argument and the next.
1: The fact that last week we were discussing um, the lack of on-screen kills, and Paul went back and did the, the homework, and I think
0: the first on-screen kill was the guy through the engine. Ah, uh, well, I only got that by watching this with the previously on Firefly. Mm. Nathan thought it was like episode 6, but he got drop-kicked in in episode 2.
2: No, no, I was saying episode 6 is the first one where they do not murder someone on screen. Oh, I see.
0: Ah, I misread you last week, then.
2: Yeah, episode...
0: I think the pilot
2: starts with a massive explosion and possibly someone's human body being torn to pieces. Ah, well, that's war.
0: Um, It is war, but still. Legally, that's not murder.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, to to the lack of over on-screen deaths... Is definitely wiped clear on this episode. <laughs> yeah, pretty damn quick.
2: Although it's also kind of underlined um, the kind of the point of me saying that they murder someone pretty much every every show is to say they're being a bit casual about it, which is you know not unique to this to Firefly by any stretch of the imagination. But they do actually kind of underline it by having Kaylee attempt to murder someone and then totally freak out and drop a gun within yeah.
0: seconds. Now, one thing I've having watched this twice. Obviously, I wasn't looking for it the first time, but the second time I still didn't notice at the very end, where Shepard says to Simon, "Don't worry, son. You still haven't killed anyone." Yeah, <laughs> I need to watch and see if he did. He actually did hit someone.
1: Yeah, I was there. <laughs> I don't think there's any fear of you hitting anyone.
0: Yeah, but we'll come back to that. So one thing we didn't really talk about was the fact that Wash is kind of pissed off because he suggested they sold it to the the end user. Yeah, and now wants to go back the through cat. a middleman because the middleman's how you do things yeah. which is why they ended up dealing with Niska the first time
1: yeah that was where the, the Wash and Zoe argument stemmed from because she told Wash that she just hadn't spoken to the captain about it and he just he had dismissed the idea because he didn't want to cause trouble in that quadrant he wanted to deal with the middlemen
0: and keep business flowing but the thing with that is Mal said it was a good idea but this is why we're not going to do it yeah
2: yeah it's one of those arguments that's not really about the argument because had it all come out in a different order, it would have been perfectly fine.
1: <laughs> I, I, I like the bit where Jane almost kills Shepard by not spotting him properly, because, because he's yeah, watching because he's the leaving.
0: Yeah. yeah, and then Shepard's struggling to bench press it, and Jane picks it up with one hand and puts it back on the rack.
1: He's like, I'll be in my bunk. And then Zoe so comes down and goes, Jane, grab your weapon. I had to have a little giggle at that, because that's <laughs> yeah. exactly what he was going to do.
0: And then Shepard says, I'll come with you we are going to try and find out where Wash and Mal have got to, because they're late.
1: Yeah, they'll she's decided, decided that they're now way overdue and gone out to look for them. Can we get a bit more of Shepherd's character build, in that he is very knowledgeable about weapons?
2: Yeah, it's a, a classic exchange there of... Um, Wait, well, in fact, it's just come on my screen this very second. I'd say a fifty-four r sniper rifle. You a do a lot of size. shooting there, yeah, you do a lot of shooting at the Abbey there, do you, Preacher? it?
0: Just like, rabbits. Yeah, rabbits Jew, <laughs> But I quite like the little bit of detective work here, where so well they haven't taken anything, and they're in the year just looking at the scorch marks, and they've worked out what it is, and therefore it must be you know, a little rocket, rocket shuttle that must have come from a space station. Who owns a space station that really is? got a bit of a beef with Mao. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, the number of uh, number of people that fit that cr- that category is one.
1: There we go. Smooth transition to Niska's space station, mountain wash, blindfolded, hands Hands behind the back.
2: Yeah, see, interestingly, we were about halfway through the episode, and it's been quite a slow build so far.
0: It does ramp up quite quickly for me. Yes, it does.
2: I think maybe it's because that back half of the episode is so intense. I think there's possibly another reason, actually, which is that, I don't know if you guys thought this, but this seems like an episode where characters are more mortal than normal. In the kind of metafiction sense, when you're watching this an episode, you might think, "Well, they're not going to kill off a main character, unless the first half of the episode has been setting it up so that it would be incredibly poignant if they did."
1: Yeah, I can I can see that.
2: So this episode, by having Wash having this big argument and unresolved tensions and such, makes you think, "Well, what if there's a possible chance that they might actually kill someone here?"
1: Yeah, uh, you do. It does make you question whether or not they will just end one of them just for the sake of the story.
0: I'd say something about that but that's what got me into trouble with my sister a few weeks ago. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I like this one where
1: the, the, the difference is in their character in that Mao is very, he's walking around the room touching things trying to work out where he is and Wash just hasn't shut
0: up the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's telling Mal off for putting Zoe in a dangerous situation. Well, she's not here. Yes, but if I hadn't been here, she would be and she'd be in this dangerous situation.
1: Then we get onto the whole it's me, she swore to love, honour and obey and Mal's like, she swore to obey. And then that kicks off this whole other argument about the only person she obeys is Mao when it should be Wash.
0: Yeah, apart from the bit which says, well, except that she didn't when, he marri- when she married Wash.
1: It's just a fantastic back and forth, considering neither of them can see each other. This is once again, a fantastic episode for physical acting, particularly from Nathan and Alan. Um, yeah, it's Alan and Alan Tudyk, in it?
0: Yeah. See, so that, that bit from Mal's point of view, when Niska pulls the blindfold off, surely what you should have done was just headbutt him, smash his nose, <laughs> because if you're going to be dead anyway, you might as well give him something <laughs> to remember you by.
2: I was going to say, it's not the best idea, but then I guess it wouldn't have made anything worse.
0: <laughs> no, at that point. If he's going to murder you in a brutally painful way you know, headbutting him first is not going to make it any less brutal or painful or more brutal or painful in fact
1: We cut back to uh, the dining room on Serenity and Zoe's rounding up the crew's cash from the heist and uh, even Jane doesn't begrudge turning over the money and then we start getting super dark
0: Yeah, electrodes to the nipples
1: I, I loved this scene, as dark as it is I love this scene
0: it's the Firefly equivalent of there are four lights. It is, yeah. So it's it's Mal and Wash having a massive argument with each other just to try and get through the pain.
2: Yeah, I wasn't entirely sure if that's how torture works, that you can kind of take the edge off it by having a massive row with someone. I mean, I guess I've never been anything in remotely that situation, so maybe it is helpful. It certainly serves a
0: big story purpose.
1: You've got to hand it to them for the the physical acting
0: on their parts for this. Yeah, they're they're not very in sync, and it is very well done.
2: Yeah, that must have been a a difficult day on set, I imagine.
0: But the argument between
1: the two of them is just fantastic.
2: Yeah, the two of them, we should say, for anyone who, for some reason, didn't watch this episode beforehand. Side note, we advise that you always watch the episode before listening to the (laughs) podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Wash and uh, Mal both uh, electroded up, and uh, meanwhile having a flagrant but, as we later discover, slightly staged argument about um, Zoe. Or not staged exactly, but deliberate.
1: Yeah, it's very deliberate on Mao's part. It wasn't Isn't until this bit at the end when you kind of realise that Mao is having this argument just to keep Wash in that argument Yeah and to focus him on that.
2: To keep him engaged and yeah. not giving up. Yeah, there is a moment where it turns, isn't it? Because... Um, Wash seems a bit like he's fading he's, out, yeah. and Mal says, "Hey, listen to me."
3: Yeah,
1: get to the bit where the, we get to the, the crux of the the Wash Zoe Mal argument from Wash's point, and it's as far as he's concerned, it's because they haven't slept together. That's the problem. That he's the one that's got away.
0: Screw you. Get in line. <laughs> yeah. That's... So even then, Wash is still managing to make jokes, even though he's in mortal danger of being tortured and arguing with his boss about sleeping with his wife. I feel like Niska is just letting them have this argument whilst
1: he's electrocuting them.
2: Yeah, I wonder if he feels a bit undercut there. He's like, guys, could I have your attention, please?
1: Yeah, come on, focus up, people, focus up. <laughs>
2: yeah. you could please focus on the torture. It's like having a meeting after lunch or something. Come on, guys, seriously.
1: No, it's a meeting just before lunch. (laughs) (laughs) They're the ones. So Zoe has collected all the money from the crew and has turned up on her own at the station in one of the shuttles to try and buy back Mal and Wash.
2: Yeah, we've talked a bit before about Zoe as being kind of the number two and having not much function outside that role. I think this is the first episode where Mal has not been around and she has. Because there was, you know, the train job, they got separated together. Mm. Um, Out of gas, she was just basically not in that part of the episode.
1: Yeah, her only decision when she came to was to go back for Mal.
2: Which happened off-screen, yeah. Yeah. So this is the episode where she's driving the action for most of the episode.
0: Yeah.
2: It's her plan and she's the, the one mainly undertaking it.
0: Yeah, it's a very different role to Zoe. It's kind of the exact opposite of Out of Gas, isn't it? Yeah.
1: I liked how when the door opened and Wash saw it was Zoe that his initial instinct was to tell her to run.
2: Yeah, which is not logical at all, but it's clearly an, an emotional reaction. Yeah. And poor old Neska gets uh, undermined again where he tries to <laughs> present a, a Sophie's Choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's I'll halfway him, through
1: his question and she's like, "No, nah, I'm, I'm taking a wash. And then she even goes on to point it out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, sorry, did you want to finish? Let me just rub some salt into that wound.
1: Which I think is what prompts Niska to give her her refund. Oh, yeah. Just to put her back in the picture as he is in control.
0: Yeah, he's very obsessed with asserting his dominance. Mm. Well, yeah, when I was saying earlier that every character...
2: Or well, not every character. They often run into characters who have these weird philosophical hang ups. In Niska's case it is the idea that no one will ever um try to cross him because of his fearsome reputation. And that is actually a common feature of the real world, unfortunately, in right. kind of lawless societies, like in a criminal underworld, reputation can be that important because you try and enforce peace in a way by just being having a reputation as wildly disproportionate responses. Like chopping Mal's ear off and giving it to Zoe wrapped in a piece of paper. Yeah. In a hanky, which is nice at least. As long as he hasn't
0: blown his nose on it.
1: Yeah. In that scene there, as Zoe was trying to lead Wash away and Wash was still talking about Mao and she told him to just keep walking. And then as Niska cut Mao's ear off, his head he'd physically put his head behind the door frame so that he couldn't see what was happening. It's, do you reckon that that was direction, or do you think that was just him in the moment? That's what.
2: Hmm, I didn't notice that actually. Yeah, I don't know. That could have been a. That could be anywhere on the spectrum from actually in the script to made up by Alan Tudyk on the mm. day. This is a, a hell of an acting job. They're really selling it.
1: Yeah, he, he did an absolutely amazing job, and that bit right there when he goes from being tortured to oh god this guy's insane, Mal's in trouble, I'm sorry to screw this this bastard's going to pay and you see this complete flip in Wash, there's this side of him that you we've never seen of Wash this real hard edge
2: yeah in some ways this is um, the episode in which violence comes to the non-violent characters and obviously that happens to Wash first but eventually all the others as well
0: hmm. Yeah, yeah it does it's just a matter of finding what you know, what the motivation required is to make someone take that step to use the violence.
1: I suppose in everything up to now, we've had the stories where each member of the crew has been reconfirmed as a member of the crew, a member of the family. And as far as Mal's concerned, and putting them in their place and binding them together, this is the real first payoff from that in that... Mao's not there and they all come together as that crew
2: yeah that's a good point Um, especially because they all go way outside their comfort zones specifically for him
1: this is having a bit of a Gollum moment here
2: (laughs) (laughs) anytime anyone says anything is precious you can't accuse them of being Gollum you can
1: he wasn't just saying it's precious he was stroking it and saying it's
0: precious that is true Some little suction cup thing which goes on over your heart.
2: It does kind of look like a mechanical equivalent of something from Alien or something.
0: Yeah, some weird tentacle things underneath his skin. Yeah. Back to Serenity, where they've got quite a significant amount of firepower laid out on the kitchen table.
1: Wash is tooling up along with Zoe.
0: Jane in the background, still casually eating an apple, telling them that it's suicide.
1: I think Zoe kind of likes this wash that she's just discovered.
2: Yeah, times in the past when she's um, been on particularly good terms with him that's been pride in his abilities, which we do see in this episode as well.
1: But at no point during this have you seen her try to talk him out of it.
2: Hmm, that's true.
1: He's got zero combat experience, but she's not going to say
2: stop. He does ultimately acquit himself a bit better than other of the the soft members of the crew, with the notable exception of Book, who apparently is just a commando.
0: (laughs) Book yeah. does have my favourite line in this episode in a moment. <laughs> so they've just come back into the cargo hold and it's uh, Kaylee, Simon and Shepard picking up some uh, some weapons and Zoe so saying, Doesn't the Bible have some specific things to say about killing people? Uh yes. It's, uh, however somewhat fuzzy on the subject of kneecaps.
1: <laughs> and then you hear they hear someone above them and the cocking of a weapon look up and Jane's just tooled up.
0: Yeah, bandolier on. <laughs> Vera in hand
1: And his one line is What?
0: I a lot
2: of this episode has been Moments of seriousness Punctuated with jokes And we've just had there A moment of um, Uplifting unity among the crew Punctuated then with Complete darkness of just Before the ad break Cut to Mal Someone poking him and going Yep, that's dead <laughs> He's dead Oh, I screwed up a two-word line That's awful <laughs> That's why I'm not a professional actor Oh
1: after the ad break, we see them resuscitate Mal and Niska going on about business and... If you're dead, I can't hurt you. Yeah.
2: Oh yes, and also, he, it expresses his uh, reputation point of view again. People must know that business is still running. Which leads to possibly my favourite line from later in the episode, but we'll get to that mm-hmm. in a minute.
1: And then, quick cut to Serenity running dark, on course for the station.
2: Oh yeah, they, apparently they figured they're not going to be allowed to dock, so why don't they just turn off all the lights, sneak up, and by sneak up I mean just set themselves on the right uh, momentum course.
1: And that, that comes back to what you said earlier about, know, it's, every time we see their interactions with Zarian Walsh, it's her expressing her joy at his skill. Yeah, And she just said, this is like throwing a dart at a, and hitting a bullseye from 6,000 miles away. That's my man. Mm. And there's a, that little loving, lingering moment between them.
2: Yeah, so everything's good between them, and I think that's partly also because um, Wash has now had the experience with Mal of, of well, basically being saved by him and his mm-hmm. incredible constitution.
1: His one hundred hit points.
0: Yeah, and good fort saves too. I did quite a lot of it where <laughs> so he's just saying to Jane, "Well, you could have stayed in your bunk."
1: <laughs> and here comes the
0: assault!
2: Surprise, motherfuckers! You know, earning our explicit tag this week.
0: <laughs> Nathan, you've already dropped the f bomb earlier.
2: Have I? Oh, jeez. Yep. <laughs> Profanity blindness. I don't know.
0: I like how they use
1: their little uh, their little vehicle just with the canister strapped to the front of it.
0: Don't forget, does Simon actually kill someone?
1: Oh, we will we'll keep a look.
0: Now here's something I don't understand. Jane's got Vera in his right hand, but he still insists on using the pistol left-handed for the entire fight. <laughs>
1: Well, you never know when Vera might be needed.
2: I think it's more of a comfort rifle, (laughs) just a good luck charm.
1: Took one handed with the rifle, kneecaps a guy, who then headbutts the uh, the little vehicle and goes down.
2: I do like that. We can already see Kaylee is holding the gun in a kind of I don't really know how to pull how this machine works.
1: She she wasn't happy about it. Was she right from the very start of
0: this assault?
2: which I like because it's how I would react to a well, it's situation like
0: English people are faced with the zombie apocalypse. Well, yes. Yeah. Uh, Can we just note that
1: Wash straight up killed a guy at point blank range with a space shotgun.
0: Yeah, he does that a
2: couple of times, doesn't he?
1: No, no hesitation. It was just full on to the chest.
0: He's quite pissed off. Yeah, he's in a special place now. <laughs> he's got like um berserker rage going on at the moment. No. Mal
1: has Berserker Rage going on at the moment. <laughs> True. This is one of my uh, my favourite lines from this one, is Mal, like, you want to meet the real me now? Well,
2: looks like business ain't so much running as... <laughs> crawling uh, away. My version was, my one was, yeah, business ain't so much running as crawling away.
0: So as well as having a lot of hit points and a strong constitution, Mal also obviously has a fairly high hit point regen stat as well.
2: <laughs> Fast healing or something, yeah, because... Because he was dead a minute ago. Yeah, he just keeps getting up. See so Shepard just shot that guy in the chest. Well, I guess maybe he's reasoning that it's into the realms of self-defence now.
1: Yes, yeah, Simon fired two shots and missed.
2: Yeah. Shepard's killed another guy. Yeah, this is the levels we're on. Simon is willing to run forward and shoot and miss. Kaylee is willing to kind of stumble backwards and then drop the gun. And it's in- entirely understandable, but... Um, It does make you wonder why she got into this situation to start with. But it sets up uh, River to appear, who they presumably didn't even give a gun to start with.
1: No, she was going to be back on the ship.
0: And River's not even looking. Three shots, three dead guys.
1: Yeah, the fact that she's like, don't look, don't look, don't look. It's that line that she delivers then, as she just looks at Kaylee with that little grin, followed by no power in the verse can stop me. That's what fucks Kaylee over. Yeah,
0: well that's at the same time that's a a throwback and as it turns out a massive throw forward.
2: Well that's hardly
0: surprising because that
2: freaked me out too and I'm just watching it. i mean, even there. (laughs) It
1: definitely puts strain on the relationship between them. Back to Mal fighting for his life against the torturer.
0: Yeah, whilst Niska skulks off. (laughs) Haven't you killed me enough for one day? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one-liner.
2: It's, we're in a weird situation where it's incredibly intense situations with jokes in them.
1: They're like this one. Jane. Yeah, like this one? This is something the captain needs to do himself. No, it ain't! <laughs> and then they just all open
0: fire. Again, je- je- I would guess ammunition for Vera must be really expensive because he still <laughs> doesn't even fire it.
1: We just said that they seem to be using solid munitions and explosives on board a space station.
0: Don't worry about That's it, truth. it's probably fine. <laughs> there was no no mention about breaking the pressure hull And all getting sucked out into space yeah. Well except that you don't get sucked into space You get blown into space Same difference
2: i tell you one change I would have made to this episode I would have quite liked it if Mal didn't get his ear back
1: <laughs> <laughs> Needed that kind of make department
2: Working overtime for every episode here on out Yeah it would have been a pain It would have been quite uncomfortable for it would have been a pain. Trillian.
0: It would have been like Zoe having all her eyebrows blown off When she took a fireball to the face and out of gas
2: Yes, it would have been like that. Those things that didn't happen for one reason or another. (laughs) But it would have um, suggested a permanent consequence. I mean, as it turns out, not to spoil anything, but this episode does get referred back to in the future.
0: So there's a bit with Shepard telling Simon, don't worry, son, I still think you haven't shot anyone. And uh, I I would tend to agree from what we saw. He shot at them and made them duck and cover, which is half the point of shooting at people. But he didn't actually hit anyone.
1: Touching moment between Mao and Kaylee as he goes up the, the stairs, and then Kaylee looks up and sees River on the balcony and instantly shifts to uncomfortable, avoiding eye contact.
0: That was River up there wearing shoes. Mm. She got actually got boots on. I think that was a little bit oversold. Not
2: to under, <laughs> not to undermine Jules <laughs> State's
0: acting ability, but that was a little bit overdone. It was a little bit. And oh, now we've got Zoe feeding Wash, wife soup. It kind of that's a bit back to our oh, Mrs. Reynolds when she makes the point about or Saffron makes the point about Zoe not cooking for her man. Mm. Oh that's true, yeah, I hadn't thought of that.
1: I like the exchange where Mal's telling Zoe that no uh, Wash has told them they just need to get it on and get it over and done with. <laughs> and <they're> the most <laughs> no, That was the
0: torture talking.
2: Well, in a way, this actually is the resolution that he wanted because it is now out in the open enough that they can make a stupid joke about it. Yeah. And do the super awkward Eyes rolling. Oh, are we going to kiss?
1: We'll be in a bun, and he just smacks her on the ass. He's mouth of a grin on his face. And then Jane slapping him in the chest, going, Oh, free soup.
0: <laughs> Again, jokes. <laughs> right to the end. So I was trying to think with this one, Jane, asset or liability? I think definitely an asset. Asset. In this oh, yeah. But it- at the end, you can see he's a man with his priorities in order, as in, where's the next meal coming from?
1: Yeah, I, I think after last week's episode, Jane has turned the corner.
2: Yeah, I think more so. more than Jane's tam. We don't really have the worry about him that we had in the middle of the series.
0: Well, the fact that he'd spent his ill-gotten gains on you know, apples for the crew, for the crew yeah. threw his money into the pot to buy the guys back without any qualms.
2: Yeah, it does seem yeah. like he's now, albeit possibly still dangerous, no-one's worried about him trying to take over anymore.
1: Yeah, that's it. it was before he was where the next biggest paycheck would have fallen. I think now he's firmly cemented his loyalties with the crew. But There was so much in that episode.
2: Yeah, a lot happened.
1: Full of action, and so much character building, and character relationship building. It was just rammed.
2: I don't think you could have put this episode much earlier in the series.
1: No, it took a lot of building. To get to this point, which, yeah, you've uh, got to
0: have a fairly good base level of the relationship between all the characters to run it,
1: which I think we've probably had an episode that builds upon each of the characters as I said earlier, but as a, becoming a member of the crew or being reconfirmed as a member of the crew in mao 's eyes, and then we get this crew coming together for this episode.
0: you can just see so much of what they would have been able to make of further series based on the, all these relationships
1: yeah there was there were a lot of seeds sown
0: I wonder if we had
2: had a series 2 or series 3 would one of the main cast have died in it is there anything in that episode that you guys would have changed
1: um I don't think so
2: no I don't think so
1: I mean obviously the, the as we said the Inara scene were just there to give Inara something to do
2: yeah I mean she's always been a bit at peripheral in some ways she at, was at her best, she's absent. kind of Mal's conscience in some ways because she's able to speak truth to power in a way that most of the others aren't. But she
0: doesn't have that role in this episode.
1: No, I, I, I don't think there would be a single thing I would change with that episode.
0: I'm assuming there's something you would change then by asking the question.
2: I said so earlier, but I don't remember what it was now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Nathan Fillion has his ear pinned behind his hairpiece from now on. Oh yes
0: it was pretty minor <laughs> cosmetic, yes yeah,
2: yeah, minor and cosmetic true, but uh, it would have it just felt a bit like, oh, everything has to return to normal at the end of the episode, which isn't even fair because it's not an accusation you can really make about this show because things don't go back to normal.
1: as we say, the the consequences of their previous crimes and shenanigans has led on,
2: yeah, the, as you were saying, that's the, kind of the whole point of this episode. I think we have it,
1: um, if we look forward to next week's episode. Trash.
2: Oh yes, that's another. Yeah, that harkens back, doesn't it?
1: Um, which the Netflix has listed as uh, "Mao's Wife." In quotes, Saffron has a plan to steal a valuable gun, but a plan goes awry <laughs> when the gun's owner turns out to be another of Saffron's husbands. So again, we get another arc come back on itself.
0: To reap what you sow. I still think Netflix
2: is spoiling things a bit because that's a, a reveal that comes kind of a third of the way into the episode, that it's Saffron back.
1: Yeah, there is a lot of revealing down from what I remember of it.
2: Oh, wow. I've got a feeling this may be one of the episodes that never actually got aired in the original run on Fox.
1: This may also be... I know I said earlier that um, this week's episode could, be, could have been the one I was confusing with the train job, but I think I've m- mashed together war stories and trash in my mind.
0: Okay, well, we'll have to have a look at the end of... When we get to the end of trash and see. But on that note, <laughs> until next time. Definitely next time.
2: No, that's a that's a worst sign off. <laughs>
0: yep, yeah, that's still not good. Definitely next time. Definitely next time. Definitely, maybe, possibly not next time. Perhaps
1: next time on Remedial Nerding.
2: Broadcasting from Radio House. It's next time on Remedial Nerding.
1: <laughs> Here we are in the 1950s. Coming to you live via the airwaves. This is Remedial Nerding.
2: Uh, this is too interesting. What would have been nerd culture in 1950? I mean, Sherlock Holmes, presumably.
0: You don't get Sherlock enticed me to say someone else is, uh, is too mainstream and to be a nerd.
3: Shakespeare. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep, Shakespeare and Sherlock Holmes. No, wait, um, H.G. Wells. What am I talking about?
0: No, that's definite, definite early 20th century nerd culture.
2: Yeah, I guess that was pretty old by then, too.
1: This week... We read HG Wells,
2: Fritz Lang, Time when, Machine. When was that out? Metropolis and such. Uh, the 20s, I think. Goodbye, Internet. It's all we've got. Goodbye, Internet. <laughs>
0: I'll just say. Bye bye, everybody. See you next time. Bye See bye. You, yeah, bye. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> That'll fucking do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's our motto here on <laughs> <in> Remedial Manic <laughs> <laughs>
0: That'll fucking do. That's it for this week, peeps. Tune in next time for more remedial nerding.